And I thought we'd take a little time in this passage and we'll just meditate on it and uh, suck the goodness out of it and see what we get, yeah? You all with me? Amen. Let's go. Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord God, my love, my beautiful one, Lord, that you will give me the pen of a ready writer, Lord God, that you will speak forth your words, that they shall flow like wine from your kingdom, Lord Jesus, and that they will bless and that they will feed us and refresh us, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you speak to us, Lord, by your beautiful Holy Spirit, who is hearing the message of the Father through the Son, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, like where am I? Open my eyes. Okay, right. So we were looking at verse 3. I take it that's what you read from, wasn't it? Verse chapter 32, verse 3. No, it's switched off, dear. It, but it's airplane mode. Well, yeah, it's around there. Well, I've got no... I don't know where my thing is. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Argument time. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put it up here. Look at that. Put it next to that one. There we go. All right. So it says, uh, For I will proclaim the name of the Lord. O declare the greatness of our God. He is the rock, and perfect are all his works. Just are all his ways. A faithful God, without injustice, how righteous and upright is he? It reminds me of that song, doesn't it? You know, some of you from the 70s remember this one. And uh, he is the rock. First of all, I, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Well, who, what is the name of the Lord? Do you know anybody? It, well, yes, yeah. Um, it's obviously, it's uh, Yahweh or Yehovah, depending how you want to pronounce it. It's Y-H-W, Y-H-V-H, not Y-H-W-H, that's, that's as it is in the Hebrew. Uh, yad heh vav heh. So Yehovah or Yahweh, we don't really know what, how it's pronounced. But I will proclaim the name of the Lord. But then God the Father also revealed his name in Yehovah is salvation and his name is... Jesus or Yeshua, yeah? So here we go. So I will proclaim the name of the Lord, which is Jesus. All right, you can be like, a bit more confidence there. Is it, is, it, is it Jesus? I don't know. Okay, right. I'll proclaim the name of the Lord um, because, you know, the Bible's very clear about the name of the Lord. And, and I don't want to get into all the theology of that. We could do, but we'd be here for a very long time. But it would be a fascinating conversation. But it's not really what I want to go into tonight. So, for I will proclaim the name of the Lord. I will proclaim it. I will speak it aloud. I will declare it. I will sing to him. I will preach to people. I will preach to creation. Have you ever preached to creation? Have you ever preached to a cow? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, talk to him about Jesus and stuff. You should try it. Um, it's a good way of practicing out your sermons on them, see how they like it. Sometimes I find them more responsive than, than congregation members. I don't think they're quite responsive, especially horses. They love it. Okay, so, uh, so I will proclaim the name of the Lord. And oh, declare the greatness of our God. In other words, our lives should be a living, breathing, walking testimony to the power and the goodness of God. Everyone in this room, you should be and you are a miracle. The fact that you are even alive is a miracle, but the fact that you are alive and born again is a miracle. All right? So your life declares the goodness of God. You might not think that it does. You might think, well, I'm just little old me. But no, but you are a testimony. You are sealed 
It says in the scriptures, you are sealed with the seal of God. That means when demons look at you, they know exactly whose property you are. You belong to God Almighty. You are his property, sealed by him. Yeah, you've got a great big light. You know those machines have got Intel inside? Well, you've got Holy Ghost inside. Do, 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 do. Like, you've got that big mark on you. So any, any demon that comes along, he'll see that you've got Holy Spirit inside, that you are sealed by God Almighty. So even our lives can declare the greatness of God. But, you know, we should be declaring the greatness of God all of the time. We should be waking up in the morning and declaring the greatness of God. One of the things I like to do in my daily prayer time is, I, I, I can't remember how many psalms I do, but it's on average about between five and ten psalms, depending on how long they are. But I do five or ten psalms each time in my prayer time because I'm declaring the works of the Lord. I'm declaring his marvellous ways. I'm declaring praise and adoration to him for all the glorious things that he has done. Our lives should be a declaration of the glory of God because you contain the glory of God. You are jars of clay and inside of you is the living God. You declare the glory of God and sometimes you speak it. But actually you should be it. You should live it. I remember this nun saying to me years ago, my desire, Chris, is to be a living, breathing prayer. And our desire should be to be a living, breathing proclamation and declaration of the goodness of God. If people want to know what Jesus is like, you should be saying, if you want to know what Jesus is like, look at me. Yeah. You want to know what he's like, look at me. It's getting really quiet in here. Well, are you not the body of Christ? You are the church, which is the body of Christ. This isn't a slogan that Paul came up with, put on a t-shirt. It's a fact. You are the body of Christ. So therefore, when I look at you, and I look at you, and I look at you, you are revealing something of Jesus. So I remember this guy once, he was being tortured for his faith. I didn't know him personally, I read about this. And he said, you know, someone said to him, you know, what is Jesus like? And he said, if you, I am what Jesus is like. You might think, well, that's, that's blasphemy. He didn't say he was Jesus. He says, if you're seeing me, you're seeing Jesus. Just as when you looked at Jesus, you saw the Father. Yes, we're imperfect people. No one's saying you have to be perfect. But you must be revealing something of Christ. We all must be revealing something of Christ. So therefore, you have to ask yourself, what is it that I, that I reveal of Christ? What is it that I have special and unique to myself? I like what someone, um, Dominic, brought earlier on today where he's talking about different flames of fire, like the different callings and the different giftings. And it's like, what's the colour of my flame? What is it that I express of God Almighty? What is my personality bringing out of of me that, that is revealing something of Christ? So that when you look in the mirror, you should see something of the reflection of God there. Yeah? I do every morning. No. So you should see something of the reflection of God. When you look in the mirror, it should be like, there is something of God in me. Not only are you naturally made in the, in the image of God, but now you are a new creation, according to First, Second Corinthians 3. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus, and now you're revealing who your creator is. You are, you're not just a broken pot anymore that's like broken in shards that reflected originally the image of God. Now you're made in the image and likeness of him and we shall become just like him which is Jesus 
So when, when he comes at the resurrection, when we see him, we shall become just like him. Hallelujah. Anyway, I don't want to go into the theology of that. I'm sure you should all get that. Um, so declare the greatness of our God. Now, here's the bit that, that just is amazing. He is the rock. Oh, we all know the Sunday school stuff, don't we? He's the rock upon which I stand. Da, da, da. No, don't, no, don't know that song? No? Okay, I'm just making up to be honest with you. So he's, he's the rock on which I stand. You know, everyone's like, I'm a Christian because I'm on the rock and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and, we, and, you know, and that's fair enough. But you see, the whole concept of Jesus being a rock is a very, very, very deep concept. So firstly, the basic concept is that God is a rock. What does a rock do? Or not do? Doesn't move. Yeah, good. Any other guesses? Doesn't change. All right, well, depending on what kind of rock it is. But generally, you know, a hard stone rock, not like sandstone, but a hard stone rock will not change. You can weather it. You can f- put fire on it. You can blast it. It just won't change. So God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So he's immutable. So that's all the theological stuff out of the way. With. Thank you, Jesus. You're immutable. You're unchanging. But what else does it reveal to us? That he is the rock. Come with me for a second to 1 Corinthians 10. Oh, praise his name. Starting from verse 1, let me remind you, brothers, about our ancestors. All of them were under the cloud and all crossed the sea. They were all underwent the baptism of the cloud and of the sea. Oh, praise God. They were baptized in the spirit in the natural and they were baptized in water in the natural. Hello? You see, what Israel prototyped is what we now live in. They did things in the natural, we do things in the spiritual in a more profound way. When they ate the the physical manna that was bread from heaven, it was a prototype of the real bread of heaven, who is Christ, of which the feast we've just partaken of tonight. As we've eaten and partaken of the the wine and, and the bread, because he is the bread. And we've eaten the bread. You don't get it, do you? Do you get it? Yes. You do? Really? <laughs> Tracy's shaking her head. Okay, I'll just carry on. Because I don't think we get it. I really don't. Because if we... You see, Israel in the Old, in the Old Testament, like when they were going through the, in the wilderness, I mean, what they did was real. And it was real to them. But it was prototyping something that hadn't yet come. It's, it's, it's the, the shadow but not the fulfillment, which is in Christ. A shadow of things yet to come. And so when they ate the bread of heaven, what were they eating? They were eating a type of that which was to come, which is Christ, of now we have just partaken of. I, I still don't think you get it, because if you got it, I just don't think you get it. Like, they, 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 were, they were baptized into the cloud, You've been baptised into the Holy Spirit. So they received in type what you now have as a living reality. Because they didn't all speak in tongues and they didn't all prophesy. Only a few people could do that. So they, they went, when they passed through the cloud, it was in type. In, in shadow of that which is to come. 
which we now are in, not even the fullness of yet, to be fair, but we are now in certainly more greater fullness and revelation than they had. <laughs> they all underwent the baptism of the cloud. I've never seen that before. That's what I said about revelation. They're baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Hallelujah. People haven't looked at their Bible. What's oh, that in the Bible? I've seen that. There it is. They all underwent the baptism of the cloud and of the sea to be the people of Moses. And all of them ate from the same spiritual manner. But that's an interesting word because Paul says they ate of the spiritual manner. There's something more going on here than meets the eye. This is not just. They're not just eating bread. There's something supernatural going on here. And all of them drank from the same spiritual drink. It's a drink and it's spiritual. What did they drink from? For you know that they drank from a spiritual rock following them. And the rock was Christ. So there, the rock, the God of our salvation, was following them around. And they were drinking from this, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "What does that even look like?" <laughs> Did that rock just move? <laughs> yeah. Being followed everywhere by this rock. I don't really know what Paul is going on about, but I do believe that it's it's a it's a mystery of deep profundity. It is a profound mystery that we would do well to actually think upon and reflect on. And let's think about this for a second. They drank from they drank a spiritual drink. It was a spiritual drink. Did it, does that work what the scriptures say? Now, I'm not saying this is the blood or anything, but I am saying what this is and what this is. This, my brothers and sisters, is a spiritual drink. This, brothers and sisters, is a spiritual piece of bread. Because if the Jews could do it in prototype... Do you not think the church would come into a greater foreshadowing and a greater reality than that? So if they drank spiritual drink and they ate spiritual manna, bread from heaven, which was their spiritual food, then what is this? Just a piece of bread? Just a piece of wine? Or is it a spiritual drink and spiritual food? It's going quiet in here. Well, if, if Israel did it in prototype, why, why are we not doing it in the fullness and the reality of it? If they drank spiritual food, if they ate the bread from heaven, which was spiritual food, if they drank from the rock, which was spiritual, spiritual drink, they're, they're, and we drink from the rock, who is Christ, well, then what is that? And also, what else comes from the rock? Uh, spring up, O salvation from the well. Spring up, spring up. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life in abundance and, and to give us water and refreshing, a water and a drink of which if you drink of it, you will never thirst again. And it's the river of the Holy Spirit that's coming out from within, out of the bedrock comes this river of life. And as, as Moses um, struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to it, but to be fair, but when he struck the rock, he was actually striking Christ, and that's why he got so severely punished. 
because of the type and the shadow of what he was doing had eternal ramifications. And so he was punished for that and he didn't get into the promised land. Well, he did eventually, but not when he was physically alive, but we won't go there now. So, and so when that rock was struck, suddenly this water came out and they were drinking this water. To them, it just seemed like water, right? It was just, just water, man, we needed it, man. But they didn't realize that it was spiritual drink. It was a type and shadow of the river of life. But it says in the scriptures in Ezekiel, when Jesus returns and he's on Mount Zion, uh, when he, yeah, he's on Mount Zion, then a, a river will break out from the temple in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, and this living water will come out of the temple, and it will go all the way down and meander into the Dead Sea and make it come back to life again. That it will be full of living water, which is a shadow and a type of the real heavenly Jerusalem, where there is a real river of life in heaven. We see wheels within wheels, mysteries within mysteries, riddles within riddles. And, and, and we just don't see it. You know, it's that old saying, we don't see the wood for the trees. This is a piece of bread, right? Yeah. Is this just a piece of bread? Or is it spiritual food? Hallelujah. Because if Israel can eat manna from heaven and it's spiritual food to them, and if they can drink of that water that came out of that rock, but it was spiritual drink, then what is to stop us from eating and feasting on spiritual food and spiritual drink? Hallelujah. These are deep mysteries. And the church, I believe, has lost the truth of these deep spiritual mysteries. That is what they are. Please, I'm not saying that that is the literal flesh and the literal, but I'm not saying that. But I am saying that there is something very, very significant going on there, that it is spiritual food and it is spiritual drink. Now, I didn't know this sermon was going to come out like this, but I did know that I believe that God wanted me to say that there is spiritual food here, but I didn't know the, the link, and it's, it's come about through this scripture. Hello, Tracy. It's a good, okay, that's a good question. So, if communion is spiritual food, what's in it for us? Okay, so in the ancient church, they call these, these emblems, so to speak, uh, sacraments or mysteries. Now, the reason why they're called sacraments or mysteries is because a sacrament or a mystery is about something imparting a grace to us. So one of the sacraments is marriage. Anyway, well, how does, how does a marriage impart a grace to me? Well, it says, he who finds a good, a wife finds a good thing and obtains favour. What is favour? Grace. Unmerited favour. Grace and mercy. It's unmerited favour. So marriage, which is a mystery because it reveals the mystery of Christ in his church and it also reveals the mystery of the sacred, beautiful, holy trinity, imparts a grace to us. And so therefore, when we take of these sacraments, it imparts a spiritual blessing and a grace to us. But half the time, we don't see the wood for the trees. Half the time, we eat this stuff not actually understanding what the significance and the power of what it is that we're doing here. Because it's not just in remembrance only. It is something profoundly 
spiritual in all of this. Hallelujah. Now, for those that might be thinking, oh, I don't know where you're going with this, Chris. The early church, like 1st century, 3rd century, 4th century, 5th century, 7th century, 8th century, 9th century, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, always believed that. It really is something profoundly amazing that it imparts a grace to us. And therefore, when we take of it, we should come to it with greater reverence that, Lord, this is a mystery that I eat and drink of this, that it's imparting a grace to me that I don't understand. I don't understand why people get upset about this. Why is it okay for Israel to be imparted a grace through eating bread and drinking water, but we're not? Why is it okay for them, but it's not okay for us? Because it is okay for them, and it is okay for us. So Jesus is the rock. He is the rock upon which we can build our lives. He is the rock from which the bubbling stream of life comes, which is the beautiful Holy Spirit, who is typed and shadowed in water. And we see the cleansing of his power coming into our lives. And that his life, and he is the river of delights, as it says in the Psalms. And it's that life that flows through us and in us and bubbles up from deep within us. As deep calls to deep. And as, you know, in deep mountainous caverns and stuff, these mountains are literally inside in the depths, flooded with water. And Jesus is the rock that is deep within the depths, flooded with water, because out of his belly comes rivers of living water. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. He is the rock. This is why I always say to all my students at the prayer school that I teach, is this is why we meditate on scripture. Because there are a treasure trove of deep mysteries that are to be discovered that most, not most, but a lot of Christians have no idea about. There is a depth to the word of God that far transcends the mere physical. Like that. I mean, how many times have you read that? A, never seen that. And B, never really understood it. But there it is. A mystery of mysteries. I haven't said anything that that hasn't said. (laughs) And I don't want you to be unaware, brothers. Are you unaware? Because <laughs> he doesn't want us to be unaware. Hallelujah. All our fathers under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptised into Moses and baptised into the cloud and into the sea. Hallelujah. And do you know another mystery about how Israel got born again in that moment? Did you know that? Do you want to know how Israel as a nation was born at that moment? Because in the waters... You see, when a woman gives birth to a baby, what happens? What's the first thing that happens? The waters break. And the waters broke and parted. And Israel was allowed to go through and she was born as a nation. Wow, praise God. Hallelujah. That she came out of the womb of adversity in Egypt with all the trials and the tribulations and the labour pains. And then the waters broke and she came out at the other end and she came out into new life, hallelujah. And this is a type and shadow that what we get to experience. That we now through Christ, we come out 
of darkness. We come out of the land of bondage and slavery to sin and slavery to Satan and slavery to addiction and slavery to all these carnal things. That through him and through the waters of baptism that we go. And this is another thing. You, oh, man. When you go down in those waters, it's not a, it's not, I go, it's just a ritual. It's not a ritual. It's a sacred mystery that when you go down into the water and you come back out of that water, you died and you become a new creation. And see, when I'm ministering to people, one of the primary things I have to say to them is, have you been, have you been baptised? Because if you have, I use that as a legal authority against powers of darkness that it makes it quite clear to them that the moment that their legal hold on that person was ended was when they got baptised. Because that's the day they become a new creation. Oh, but Chris, we always believed it's when you became born again by believing in Christ. Baptism is a quintessential component of your salvation, that you must go into the waters and come out. Now, if you died and never got baptised, you're not going to lose your salvation or anything like that. But baptism is so important. It's not a ritual. It's not in symbol only. It's not in remembrance only. It's a literal spiritual thing. Witch doctors in Africa go absolutely freaking mad when they see Christians getting baptised because they understand what it means. The power of Satan is, can no longer be held over that individual because that's when they're dead. And when they come out of those waters, they are a new creation, bearing the image and the likeness of Christ. Hallelujah. Going from one degree of glory to another, blessed be his name. And also you are a shining sign to the enemy that at Jesus' return, there will be a resurrection of the dead. And you, the just, will rise up out of that ground. Now in your fully formed, recreated body, not in the likeness of the first Adam, but now in the likeness of the second Adam, which is Christ who is in the image of God. And as he took on our humanity, we take on his divinity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How could we ever have a bad day again? Oh, God is good. He is the rock and perfect are all his works. Perfect. I remember once someone saying to me, you know, when God designed the human body, I don't think he did a good job with knees. Yeah. I thought, what a weird thing to say. He didn't do a good job with knees, did he? But everything that God has made is good and perfect. And there are mysteries within mysteries, wheels within wheels. And it is our privilege and it is the honour that we have been given to search out the living, breathing mysteries of God. That your life becomes something that is far more intensely spiritual than you could ever begin to imagine. That everything in our lives is burning alive with the Spirit of God. You know, I was teaching this at our prayer school. That, you know, we're looking at meditating on creation because Romans 1 says that creation reveals the invisible attributes of the Godhead. So I can look at creation and it will reveal things to me about the Holy Trinity. I remember picking up a clover, right? You ever see the clover? This was a perfectly formed clover. And as I picked it up, I never noticed this before, but each leaf had this symbol on it. And when all three leaves came together, it created this perfect triangle. Perfect triangle. Three leaves, three separate leaves, but together they formed this. And on the leaves was this white triangle. Perfect. And in that instant, God told me, there is a visible manifestation 
of the invisible reality of my Godhead in a clover leaf. All right, cows munch that stuff. Bees love the stuff. But then in there is the revelation of God. You know, a butterfly, okay? Just a little butterfly. Isn't it pretty? It flitters along like that. But what is a butterfly before it's a butterfly? Little caterpillar. Eating leaves and all that kind of stuff. And I was like thinking, God was saying to me in the prayer room the other day, I was meditating on a piece of scripture, it had nothing to do with that. And he just said, you know, I'm speaking to people all the time, but they are not listening to me. And I was like, well, give me an example. The caterpillar. The what? The caterpillar. It shows Adam, the first Adam. Then he goes into the tomb, which is the cocoon, and he comes out, the new Adam, the new creation, shining blazing in glory, and he can now go up into the heavens. And I was just like, whoa. And, and he was just showing me all these different things that all around us, all of the time, all of creation is saying, there is a God. And he's revealing things to us all of the time about the glory and the power and the majesty of God, that the invisible things of God are revealed in the little things like a bee or a clover leaf or a butterfly, hallelujah. Now, before people think I'm going off out there and like going into weirdo la 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 land, it's taught at Bible colleges. There are two types of revelation general revelation, special revelation. General revelation is creation revealing to us the glory of God. Did you know the full gospel is written in the 12 houses and the 12 constellations in the sky? The whole gospel is written there. I'm not talking about astrology, I'm talking about astronomy. It's all written up there. But most Christians, they don't even know about it. They think it's dodgy to look at the stars and see if there's... No, it's not dodgy. That's if you're trying to find your future with it. That's astrology. But the, the, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. They, they declare the full plan of salvation. And it was there right from day one. Which means right from day one, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, God knew that the serpent was going to come in. And he knew that he was going to deceive Adam and Eve. Everything was all pre-known and foreordained and pre-planned and blah, blah, blah. And it's all there for you to see. And as Adam and Eve were walking in the cool of the garden, there's a little caterpillar turned into a little butterfly. But didn't realize that that was revealing the mystery that Christ was going to come in, the na- in, the, in a lowly nature as a, as, a, as a human being. But one day then through that humanity, he would transform humanity humanity into something glorious and that all those that believe in him and go into the waters of baptism and come out will be made this new creation man I could go on and on and on and on all night but I'm not because I can see some of you need to go to bed soon but I just wanted to folk give you something there that he is the rock and man we haven't even we've all we've done tonight is just a little brief purview introduction into what that even means. Because there is such depth of majesty and understanding and revelation in that one verse. And what this has taught us and what's going on here, that maybe that our Christian experience is far more profound and far more mysterious and far more beautiful than we could ever even begin to imagine. And maybe, just maybe, we would treasure these things for what they really are, eternal mysteries that are imparting a grace to us, that are changing us and transforming us. Because Jesus says, if you, I am the bread of life, and if you eat this bread, you will have eternal life in you. Was he lying when he said that? 
because a lot of his disciples left him over it, and he didn't explain it to his disciples, saying, ah, what I meant was something, you know, I meant this, or I meant, no, he didn't say anything. He meant what it meant. He says, people that eat, eat the bread of heaven shall have eternal life. And it's a deep and profound mystery, because Jesus is the rock, and he is the rock we feed from, and he is the rock we drink from, hallelujah. And it is a mystery of mystery, a wheel within a wheel, a riddle within a riddle. Hallelujah. Amen.